0: Pickaxe. Welcome to the Review of Death. A Doctor Who podcast, your
1: fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest running science fiction series in the
0: world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most
1: beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60 year history which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions.
0: This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now I was gonna say do Louie through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? <laughs> not um, as often as I'd like. <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from
1: Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I'm Simon Byron.
0: I am Steve Curran.
1: And we're also joined by Andrew Smith from Spilt Milk Studios. Hello,
0: Andrew. Hello. Thank you for having me. Enjoy.
1: It's a different show with three people, isn't it? We should have guests more often. We should. We should do that.
0: We should. Uh, If only so, they're better than this one.
1: Very enjoyable. How long does the uh, Trash Goblin Kickstarter last for, Andrew? Can you come back on the first show?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, give us an update. It's uh, it's the 11th of January, I think. So um, plenty of time. Plenty of time. Yeah, let's do it.
1: So Andrew's on the show, um, talking about Trash Goblin, which you should definitely check out. And I can say that as someone who has personally. Uh, put his hand into his pocket. Steve, have you backed it? Absolutely not. But now I know Andrew's watching. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, good. So we talk about that during the show. What we don't talk about, Steve, is uh, your event uh, uh, adventures last week. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we did
2: marioki. As we mentioned last week on the show, we did marioki, uh, pop songs about video games. We did that for the Jingle Jam last Friday. Uh, and it was something else, Simon.
1: It was. I enjoyed it very much when it eventually started. It was a bit annoying for me because I was. Um, I, I usually pick my daughter up. I don't know, maybe twenty past five on the days that I'm picking her up. So I thought, you know what, I'll do. I'll just. I'll just watch the start of Marioki, <laughs> Uh and then I and then I'll I'll, I'll pop off and pick her up and we'll watch the rest of it. Got to about twenty past five, mm. so I then uh, moved Twitch over to my phone, adding to the view of ship Steve. So you didn't have quite that many people watching. I was, I was was double counted twice. I had that on in the car as I was driving. I wasn't holding the phone, but it was just on. Still didn't start. I left the, Phone on in the car while I ran to get my daughter. Get out! Come on, we've got to go back. Get back. And she said, why is this on mm-hmm. when we got into the car? <laughs> we got home and, uh, yeah, you didn't start till uh, I mean, almost we, an hour late. We started the
2: prima donnas. Late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, wasn't was, your rider quite right? No, it wasn't. It wasn't, uh, as they said when we arrived, they said, uh, don't worry, the start times are all quite relaxed here. Uh, we're also going to finish late as well. So don't worry <laughs> about that, uh, which was fine by us. We just sort of... Chilled out in the green room in your office uh, yep chatted to people and met all of the creators uh, had some really really lovely conversations and then uh, went into the studio where it had been set up for us we hadn't done an online show since covid so we hadn't done one for you know a couple of years now and um I was like this is gonna be fine I'm gonna fi- open with a new song it's gonna be brilliant just before we went live just before we went live, one of them said Yeah, so there's about 8,000 people watching. Genuinely said, so no pressure.
1: Excellent. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking as I was watching it... um, I, I, it was. I was only being counted once by that by that point. I thought this is probably the biggest audience it's had. Was it? It is the
2: biggest audience yeah. that's, that Mariac has ever had. Um,
1: I was. I was reading the reaction, which you you probably couldn't do no. in real. I mean, I, I, in that setup where obviously you and I have, have done it um, in a slightly different one, but under those circumstances, uh, generally all really positive. Everybody liked it. They were laughing. Um, some of the performances were fantastic, I weren't know, they?
2: Like phenomenal
1: stuff. What? Well, but. What was the um What was the the audio levels like in the room? That's so I was...
2: they were they were loud enough. I mean the, okay. the tech
1: guys did a brilliant
2: job of setting up our slightly finicky setup. Um, you know within the the couple of hours we had, um, and we had a small audience in the room with us, which you probably saw. Uh, like you know the creators who were having their Christmas party, essentially, uh, coming to join us and then leaving, and then other ones coming to join us. Had quite a little crowd by the end, and they all seemed to be having an. Amazing time. Sometimes a little shocked by some of the words.
1: <laughs> well, I was about, well, uh, I, I, um, so I was, I, I watched most of it w- w- where I could. I was always a little bit wary because my, because my daughter, I, we, we, we actually coincidentally discuss it in the show this week, um, has, has learned her first F words as they're called. Um, and, um. But a couple of years ago, she did hear some spicy language off Lewis and Simon when they were doing Jingle Cats. Uh, so I always, you know, try and keep the volume uh, slider within arm's reach. I mean, Ed's Ed's performance of I Kissed a Girl with the lyrics to be reappropriated to be I effed a bear. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did wonder what that was like for people that had just tuned in to yeah. see, you know, to see the Yogs. Well, I to see a man they didn't know singing about <laughs> effing a bear. <laughs>
2: and he um, liked it. Like the <laughs> <hit>. <laughs> Yeah, so for those people, out there, I mean, it was it was a great night and, uh, you know, thankfully it went well and hopefully we'll get to do it again as well. I'm really, really grateful to everyone there for giving us the shot at that and hopefully we didn't let anyone down. Uh, I know we raised a lot of money for charity, which is brilliant, and I had a brilliant time across the night as well. But for those people who didn't get a chance to see it, uh, we will be doing our best to stream the Mariokey Christmas Party this Saturday. So uh, if you want to tune in, I guess it will be on the Mariaki uh, channel. We'll put that in the Discord show notes as well and on the Mariaki social media. Uh, so join our Discord. Uh, put it on One Life Life's Discord. We'll be doing that, on I think, around about 7pm on Saturday. Uh, and we'll be streaming. It won't be as beautifully filmed as the Yogs version. They had so many cameras. So It many did look cameras. good. It did look good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But it will be... <laughs> we'll be audible for better or worse. Uh, and we'll be singing some Christmas songs, so please join us for that as well. And um good yeah, stuff. Thank you all for watching as well on
0: on Friday night.
2: Andrew, what are your Christmas plans?
0: Uh I would be coming to that, but I'm going to see Leftfield on Saturday. <laughs> um it was it was a tough choice. Uh uh genuinely. Um uh, I, I'm going to host Christmas at my parents. So we're going to go to theirs so that we don't have to have people in our house, I guess. Uh, but we still do all the the hard work, um, and we're currently arguing with my parents over how much they've prepared because uh, they're like, sure. And then, of course, they bought everything already. And you're kind of like, what? So what are we? What What is it we're doing? I thought we were sort of making it easier for yourself. But just a little little insight into the the you know friction at the the, the okay. Smith family. Best but, of yeah. luck. Steve,
1: I think I'm I'm seeing you over Christmas Steve, aren't I? Yes, you're going to see me on the 28th, I think. Something like that. Something
2: yeah. like that. Um, Although my partner is getting suspicious because your partner hasn't mentioned it to her, and she thinks that something's going on. I don't know what she thinks is going on, but interesting, interesting.
1: Um, so, well, I mean, where we're going is big enough that the two can exist separately. Yeah. I won't tell. Yeah, I'll tell my partner They'll that yours isn't other. there, it's fine. and it'll be like a Christmas farce where they're not <laughs> allowed to meet. Okay,
2: yeah, uh, doing that. Otherwise, sticking around in London, uh, having a nice Christmas here. So, yeah,
1: good. Excited all right, well, it. enjoy it, won't you? Both of you. Happy Christmas. Thank you, you to the thank you all, everybody for listening. Uh, we wouldn't do it if you didn't, so it's your fault. Um, but here we go. Please enjoy the final show of the year. <laughs>
2: Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM. We're a video game radio show, and my name is Steve Curran.
1: Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Hi, Simon. How are you today? I'm all right, thank you, I say I'm all right. I'm a bit coldy. I don't know if it's the. I don't know if it's, it's the big one, mm-hmm. um, but uh, hopefully not. A few, of, a few of the team have got it. I think we've had a third of the team wiped out over the last couple of weeks with uh, with COVID
2: really are you sure well are you um I was it's like say, 2020 are you again. vaccinated simon are you one of them
1: um <laughs> of course not steve i don't know i don't want bill gates knowing where, where the shed is <laughs> you know, um, I come out and get me have you had your flu jab though as well i haven't no i'm not as vulnerable mm. as you it seems despite the fact that i think i'm more vulnerable than you
2: i've had all the jabs
1: every not single all the jabs. i love them love them
2: Fine with Bill Gates knowing where I am.
1: They are pretty Moorish, aren't they? Mm. Been- um, yeah, so I'm okay, but I might need to mute mute the mic, um, or you might need to push your new button that you uh, just announced that you've been given uh, in order to uh, master the fact that I'll be blowing my nose during this show.
2: <laughs> we do have a new button this week, uh, Riverside, which is the software we use to bring One Life Left together these days. have introduced a new button, which is Cut All Camera Feeds. Whoa. Just in case. Just
1: in case. Whoa. Just in case things start getting a little bit too sexy.
2: Mm. It's not summer, so the chances of
1: tops off a clock. Low. Oh, but come on, you're not looking (laughs) I mean, look at the view we've got today though, eh? It's an unusual view, isn't it? Because normally Mm -hmm. it's just me and you, Mm you know. And I quite like that. That's where we can be ourselves. Yep. Isn't but it? We can express ourselves. Different today. We're breaking the habit of a season. We've got a guest. You know, and usually we introduce him as an SSG, a super special guest, but this is a super sexy guest. He's a handsome man, isn't he? Mm. Uh, hover over that over that video button, Stee, uh, because it looks like you've logged on to OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andrew Smith from Spilt Milk Studios. Hello, Andrew.
0: Hello, hello. I, I'm not sure I know what to say now, other than, you know, uh, I hope you subscribe to the premium.
2: <laughs> well, well, Andrew, you got
0: yourself into
2: this mess because, you know, uh, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want listeners to think we've been particularly diligent in arranging a guest for the last, last episode of the, the uh, season. Uh, actually, you approached us and said, you know, any chance if I could come on the show in the next few weeks, and we were more than happy to accommodate.
0: Very happy indeed. You, you, could, you could say, I forced myself on you. Um, and I only do that with people I've known as long as I, I've known you to. So, you know. How many times have you been on the show before? Oh, I think this might be the third. So it's mm. not crazy regular. You know, I'm still a treat, I hope. Yeah, no. Uh,
2: three is it's what we call the biffle number. When you, uh. <laughs> when you reach three... Something happens. We don't know if it's good or bad.
1: You'd have to you you get a people. Disney license. <laughs> Disney start picking up the phone to you then, Andrew. That's what it is. Well,
0: well, BizDev win right here. That's fabulous. Indeed. Thank you.
1: You know, who knows? Maybe you, maybe you'll get a, a special mode in Fortnite like everybody else is at the moment as well. Let's is, see.
2: Is that coming up in the news, Simon?
1: It is. Yes, it is.
2: All right. Well, we are a video game radio show. We will have the news coming up shortly. Uh, after that, we're going to have chat with Andrew. Then we're going to go on to the letters. Have we had letters this week? We had letter, I think. Yes,
1: I believe we have a
2: minimum of one. And back end of the show we'll have reviews as well. Uh, Very, very excited about this. Let's get on with the news.
0: One Life Left. One Life Left.
3: Me, Charles bought 1.1. The Game Awards, held at the Peacock Theatre in L.A., was a whirlwind of excitement, featuring game reveals, awards, and musical performances. Among the new games announced were Capcom's Monster Hunter Wilds, Arcane Lion's Marvel's Blade, and Komori, the debut title from Unseen. Hideo Kojima and Jordan Peele introduced the new Xbox game O.D., while Sega and Sony announced reboots of classic series and a free God of War Ragnarok DLC expansion, respectively. The big winner of the night was Baldur's Gate 3, bagging six awards including Game of the Year, with Alan Wake 2 not far behind with three awards. However, this year's Game Awards event was not without its controversies. Many fans expressed disappointment over the lack of diversity in the nominations, while others criticized the decision to honor games that were still in early access. Jeff Keighley, the event's host, responded to these criticisms by acknowledging the need for more inclusivity and promising to review the nomination process for future events. Despite the controversies, Jeff managed to keep the show running smoothly, proving that he's not entirely rubbish at his job. In fact, if hosting Game Awards was a video game, he might just snag the award for Most Persistent Player. But then again, he'd probably be the one presenting it to himself, wouldn't he? (laughs) Thanks, Charles Bott.
2: Um, haven't we had this Keeley in uh, diversity award show scandal before?
1: Oh, Steve, that was last year's apology. Oh, sorry. He got that wrong. He got. He, he, uh, do you remember last year he asked a woman, mm-hmm. but she was busy. <laughs> that was last year. This year the apology was, oh, we're sorry that we cut off all the uh, acceptance speeches because we wanted to show some Hollywood stars. Mm.
2: And... Adverts
1: for upcoming advert, yep. releases. Yeah,
2: did, up? did, did you stay up? Did you stay up to watch not. it? I did. I did not. All I know about the game Game Awards is what I've read other people saying about them on social media. So I know. Here's what I know. I know that some people in the industry very annoyed that developers were either cut off. Uh, in their speeches, or oh, Speedrun had their awards speedrunned.
1: Run wrap it speed up, round. Steve, wrap it up, wrap yeah. it up. We want to have a word with uh, Kira Knightley. very very a super special guest.
2: Other people in the industry, very annoyed at the people getting annoyed. How dare you they say this is a great celebration and it's not for you developers. it's for the fans and what do the fans want? They want trailers. They don't want. you <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the dividing line. Uh, between those opinions was who was there and who wasn't yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> absolutely was those that were glammed up seem to love it oh so are oh, the gamer words honestly it's so so um humbling and empowering to you know bask in the collective joy of of our medium and, and celebrate t- those that have paid money to jeff mm-hmm. um, and you whereas know everyone else
2: celebrate the 10,000 people who've lost their jobs in the industry this year as well like <laughs> It seemed a misstep uh, to not mention that. That was the other thing that uh, I had heard.
1: Can they, can they, but can these, I mean, these missteps are just steps, aren't they, these days? Because there are so many of them. It's just the way, it's just the way he walks, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Clomping about. just Yeah, that's right. Hey, did
1: you, uh, so what did you think of the joke that everybody got annoyed about? I don't know this joke. Well... Somebody made a joke. Uh, this is from... I, I had to Google it while you were... Oh, wait.
2: <laughs> is it the Call of Duty joke? It is the Call of I Duty joke. I know this joke, yeah. Go oh, on, I don't, maybe. I don't. Recap the joke.
1: Um, so, uh, this is from Unilad. A developers on Call of Duty have reacted furiously to Christopher Judge's speech at the Game Awards. The actor, who's the voice of the main character, Kratos, in the hugely popular God of War franchise, joked about his speech from the previous year. Uh, This had gone on for a good eight minutes, prompting exasperation from the audience as it took up time. This time, the actor once again took to the stage and said that his speech from the previous year had been, longer than the, had been longer than the campaign for Call of Duty. The actor began, it's my pleasure to be back here. I have such great memories of last year. Uh, Mr. Pacino, f- forgetting to thank my wife. He took the yeah. cue. The music then started to swell. The actor gave the hint to get on with it. He took the cue and continued, all right, all right, I get it, I get it. I'm not going to stand up here making long speeches. I'm going to stick to the script. No eight-minute speech, speech like last year, but fun fact, my speech was actually longer than this year's Call of Duty campaign. Mm. The joke is... <laughs> The joke drew a laugh, haha, and a shocked gasp. Can you imagine God, oh, the audience don't like the little... They're right. shocked at somebody making a joke about Call of Duty. I know,
2: and that's that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, like, I think that joke's fine. I think it's It is funny. fine. It yeah. is fine. I mean, how fragile do you need to be? Right. Especially as Call of Duty developers, you would imagine... People
1: have said meaner things than that on the internet. No, I don't like it, Steve. <gasps> you, see, you dare to say what? Well, at least it wasn't a woman saying it. Can you imagine.
2: Um, yeah, um, game announcements. Which game announcements are we excited
1: about? Do not know. Do not care. Really? Um, well, I, I like... Uh, I, so I think there's a new story about some of them coming up later. But, but generally, I thought this year's... Uh, I mean, even... Uh, the uh, the new game in inverted commas from kojima i mean yeah t- like so what so what there was one in fact the um the only trailer i watched was because muse told me to on facebook because supermassive black hole <laughs> featured at the end of a trailer for a game whose name i can't remember <laughs>
3: <laughs> the leaked trailer for grand theft auto 6 gta 6 has taken a surprising turn, focusing more on characters and plot than the usual emphasis on location. The trailer, which was officially released by Rockstar after the leak, features a female protagonist fresh out of prison, hinting at a story driven by her journey. While the game's signature satirical elements, diverse vehicles, and vibrant Miami setting are present, it's the character-driven narrative that stands out. It seems Rockstar is aiming for a balance between its traditional love of place and a new focus on character development and storytelling. The GTA 6 trailer has sparked a flurry of reactions across the internet, with fans and critics alike sharing their thoughts. While many have praised the fresh take on the franchise, others have been less enthusiastic, with some downright hilarious comments standing out. One user on Twitter at GamerGuy wrote, I didn't know GTA was turning into a soap opera. Where's the mindless violence? Another at Nostalgia Queen commented, A female protagonist? What's next, a vegan gangster? It seems the shift in focus from location to character and plot has left some fans feeling a bit disoriented. On Reddit, user throwaway for gta 6 posted, I miss the old days when GTA was about stealing cars and causing chaos, not feelings and character development. Meanwhile, YouTube user NoobMaster69 quipped, I didn't sign up for a crime drama, I just want to blow stuff up. Despite the mixed reactions, it's clear that the GTA 6 trailer has stirred up a lot of conversation. Whether the game will live up to the hype or fall flat, only time will tell. But for now, the internet is certainly having a field day with the trailer's departure from the norm.
2: Uh those comments real, Simon?
3: They are real, yeah.
2: Are
1: they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, I know. These they're real people took real time out of their day to register a throwaway account and, and express their displeasure at a one-and-a-half-minute trailer for a game that's not out for a year and a half, bemoaning the fact... That it's uh, that it's uh, that it doesn't show them exactly what they want from it.
2: I would have bet that you had asked Charles Bott to mm. make up some comments uh, from people
1: angry on the internet at this trailer. No. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, wonder what, they... I, wonder what, I wonder what. I wonder what those people are doing now on a Monday lunchtime. Do you think they're complaining to their to their colleagues? Did you see that GTA 6 trailer? All I wanted to do was blow stuff. I don't want a vegan gangster. <laughs> it's the sort of thing you'd say to your colleagues. Andrew, did you watch it at, uh, at Spilt Milk I, yeah, together?
0: Yeah, we, we didn't watch it together. Um, okay. I mean, as for the reaction, I blame Call of Duty's short single-player company. <laughs> They've obviously got too much time on their hands. But um, I, I thought it looked quite impressive. Um, you know, it always does. I, it must be difficult for them because almost no matter what they do someone's going to complain and it'll be very loudly um and and also i just can't imagine how impressive it would have to be to to surprise hmm. do you know what i mean like it's always only going to be ex- like exactly hitting what people expect i guess in that sense like it's of course it's you know the best looking the most expansive the most everything game that there will be but but that's what you expect so i, I genuinely don't know how they go like that extra step and really really sort of take it up a notch whether they need to or not i don't know simon when did you watch the trailer because it leaked we we talked about it last week on the show
2: we're very excited you were talking about how you'd moved a meeting
1: i did move a meeting yeah i didn't
2: want to then move it back (laughs) so so you could then (laughs) settle settle in at 2 p.m get angry get ready to watch it and (laughs) uh instead it leaked at midnight didn't it midnight our time around about uh the day before
1: Yes. I thought it was expertly handled by Rockstar. Mm. Um, again, there was a lot of outrage on uh, social media about, oh, how dare you ruin the hard work of everything that everybody's got into? I, honestly, you've taken away their moment by leaking it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it still became... Mm. I, like, I, I mean, absolutely. like A lot of planning clearly went into it. Um, keeping that sort of thing back, I, I, mean, I don't know how you do it. I used to work at a company that had um hollywood style security because we also were, used to work on films and stuff and um yeah but even you know with the best will etc um i i thought they handled it brilliant which is like yep it's leaked uh here uh w- watch it here instead uh, which was absolutely the best way to do it and seemed not to do them any harm at all you see i've i've also uh, had
2: business dealings uh with oh. hollywood style security people um Working on movies and passing around sort of early cuts of that, I was astonished to see that they just shoved them genuinely on you send it. And they just oh did it. they?
1: I saw sorry, <laughs> I, I didn't see the detail behind the leaks no, 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 and no, what no, happened. No,
2: sorry, not on GTA, but on, oh, the, on the stuff that I've seen before, like people early cuts of movies, like they want to send it from one side of the world to the other. I was like shocked when I was like wow. It's just oh here's it here's the URL for the movie, just download it. Don't give it to anyone.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right i won't do um, um but it's become the most viewed video on youtube Steve. Wow. brackets ex- brackets excluding music videos oh <laughs> it's Which the most viewed both. video on the platform <laughs> apart from the ones it's not <laughs>
3: <laughs> a zombie mmo the day before has seen a dramatic drop in players losing three quarters of its base within two days of release due to poor reviews despite launching in early access The game has been criticised as a cash grab with a lacklustre offering. In response, the team has rolled out a patch, addressing critical issues and improving overall performance. They've also increased the zombie count and in-game currency rewards. However, the game's rocky start, including accusations of scamming and copyright infringement, has left players sceptical. The developers have since apologised for the game's marketing. In a lighter note, it seems the day before has joined the illustrious club of games like No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk 2077, where the marketing promised a Michelin-starred feast, but the actual game served up more of a soggy sandwich.
2: So I saw this uh, yesterday uh, in a uh, schadenfreude-laden thread on Reddit about it, uh, where people were saying, oh, uh, you know, this drama is much more fun than the actual game is. And what confused me is, apparently this isn't an MMO, that it was no. billed as an MMO, but yeah. then at the very last minute, on release day, they said, "My, oh, it's actually an extraction shooter.
1: Yep, that's, uh, that's what happened. <laughs> so <laughs> so apologising for the marketing, I mean, in some ways, sort of like apologising for the, for, the, for the store text. I mean, it still says it's an MMO. Right, but um, it's not. Uh, the Day Before offers players a uniquely reimagined journey into a into post-apocalyptic open-world MMO survival. I mean, it is uniquely reimagined version of an MMO, I guess, by, by, <laughs> not, by not actually that's being that's an home. MMO. I mean, that is, that is one way of, uh, <laughs> of describing it, I suppose. Um, did you... <laughs> did you see, so Charles Bott, I was asking Charles Bot to give some examples of some, some other games whose marketing was bad. And I was expecting the sort of thing that, like, oh, do you remember that time they, brackets me, biked uh, off all round to journalists to launch Storm, uh, <laughs> Doom 2 Doom um, or some other sort of crazy stunts. But no, uh, he referenced um, uh, Cyberpunk and No Man's Sky. Did you see the Hello Games announcement during the Game Awards? No, I, I mean, I know
2: about it. Because I've seen like three comments that say, "Yeah, that makes sense." Like, why wouldn't you make that game with that tech? Um, so it's called. Let me try and remember what I know. It's called something to do with a fire, something to do with a bonfire. Like, don't so, so close. Ah, oh, don't light the fire. No fires fire something
1: i mean you are basically there i think i think it would be difficult to not justify giving you half a point if we were on a tv game show
2: and it's and it's basically and this is where i'm just inferring from like one person's comment about being able to climb the biggest mountain in a world or something i imagine rather than a galaxy they're using tech to generate a world that you can explore in an rpg setting that-
1: that's right i i i like mm-hmm. the fact that you know having gone through everything that they did with no man's sky and, and potentially you know being a little bit wary about over promising on their next game they've gone yeah actually we've we uh it's, it's a map that is as big as earth <laughs> and that um that mountain that you're referring to steve mm-hmm. is actually the size of everest in game and Perfect. you can climb it mm-hmm. yeah i can climb it yeah are there sandworms who knows but uh yeah no they've gone all in and and fair play to them um yeah hope, hopefully uh they have um they've uh yes they What's are What's it
2: called tell me what it's called
1: like no fire ah come on um yeah and hopefully they, they are sort of teasing us with these ambitious claims which will be uh backed up mm. um and i say that without any sarc- sarcasm i'm looking forward to it it does look great me too
2: but New Story 4 is not working again. It's Come on! Always the four,
3: it's always the fourth one.
2: Okay. Okay, I'm going to try five.
3: Sega is pulling out its nostalgia goggles and gearing up to reboot five of its iconic franchises. Jet Set Radio, Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, Shinobi and Crazy Taxi. Shuji Utsumi, the company's co-chief operating officer, has pledged a rebellious edgy vibe, reminiscent of my own rebellious teenage years, to mirror the original game's spirit. The success of the Persona Sonic and Yakuza franchises is bankrolling this trip down memory lane. As for Virtua Fighter, it's currently under scrutiny, much like my attempts to master a roundhouse kick. Leaked footage indicates that the Jet Set Radio reboot is already underway. Now let's imagine some amusing ways Sega could make its games edgy. In Streets of Rage, Axel could start using made-up swear words like flargon when he gets hit. In Golden Axe, <laughs> Gilius Thunderhead, the dwarf, might let out a hearty dwarf's plat when he takes down an enemy. Shinobi's Joe Masashi could mutter shuriknit whenever he misses a target. And in Crazy Taxi, the drivers could shout taxi tarnation when they narrowly <laughs> avoid a collision. The possibilities are endless, and the potential for humour is high. Sega's edgy reboot might just have us all laughing and gaming in equal measure.
2: I think Charles has really made the possibilities are endless into his, yeah, his, his absolutely. own.
1: When, uh, when uh, his gears aren't being grind, grinded, grounded, <laughs> grounded. Um, great news in the byron household this week uh my daughter who is six uh on friday uh, was telling me that um one of her classmates has uh introduced naughty words uh. and yeah she said um and i i won't name it name him she said uh, but she said um let's call him uh jeff she says um jeff uh jeff has told us all about the f word and i said oh okay i said um I said, do you, I said, do you know what that is? And she said, uh, no, but, uh, but Jeff keeps telling us about it. I said, oh, right. I said, so do you know, you know what that word could be? And she went, yes. And then she then said the S word.
3: <laughs> so,
1: so, so she thinks the F word is the S word, which I thought was a, like a lovely concept.
2: <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Um, th- is this game or any of those three games Sega's mega game? I don't believe they are. Mm, so that's still under wraps, um, uh,
1: but yeah, edgy, edgy versions of these games coming out. Uh, now, Steve, did you look at any of the videos? So these were announced during um, the Game Awards. Did not, but heard they were coming. Uh, someone, I saw someone's feedback on uh,
2: Jet Set Radio. They said it looked like if you'd asked an AI to make Jet Set Radio. No offense, Charles Spot.
1: Great news! Well, the possibilities are endless, as we know.
2: What did you think? I assume you've watched them as a Game Awards fan.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, No, uh, I've I've seen very brief clips, and I shrugged my shoulders. Did you like Crazy Taxi? Yeah, back in the day, uh, there's there's always a danger. I mean, yeah, we all enjoyed it on the Dreamcast. It was we were listening to the Offspring. Um, over you, you over. remember those days yeah exactly
2: yeah i i mean it's a game that i absolutely love in theory and consistently mm. play maybe seven minutes of and then turn <laughs> off yep. and play something else um mm. jet set radio another game i love in theory try and play it now don't love it at all um, yeah jet set Radio yeah. future great we we liked that um bomb, rush, that? Yeah, bomb rush Yeah, bomb Rush
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, but when you think of these games, do you think "Hmm, the only way that they could be approved is just with some F or S words?
3: (laughs) It does need to be more (laughs) edgy, doesn't it? All right, let's try New Story 4. Fortnite is revving up the fun with its new free-to-play game mode, Rocket Racing. Developed by Rocket League's Psyonix, this Mario Kart-esque arcade racer lets you drift, jump, and slam your way around 26 tracks. It's a fast-paced 12-player experience with ranks to climb, challenges to complete, and XP to earn. Customise your ride with unlockable parts, shared with Rocket League and make purchases from Fortnite's item shop. Season Zero is just the beginning, with time trials and car cosmetics coming in 2024, along with a track editor. Tomorrow we're promised a Fortnite festival from rock band creator Harmonix. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. As Fortnite continues to innovate and expand, we can only speculate on what other game modes will be introduced next year. Perhaps we'll see a stealth-based mode inspired by Assassin's Creed or a puzzle-solving mode reminiscent of Portal. Maybe a survival mode influenced by Minecraft or a city-building mode akin to SimCity is in the cards. Whatever the case, it's clear that Fortnite is not afraid to borrow ideas from other games to keep its gameplay fresh and exciting. We can't wait to see what's next on the horizon.
2: Well, Charles is behind the times, isn't he? Because they've already got Fortnite Minecraft
1: in the shape of the LEGO game. Yeah, come on, Charles. What what data set have you been trained on? Is it last week's or not? Uh, Yeah, it seems to be going quite well. Uh, They've had record-breaking player numbers again. 1.7
2: million people were playing the LEGO Fortnite uh, last night when I logged on for the first time. Did you play it? I did. I was going to talk about it in the review section. Uh, I also played the racing game and I played the harmonics one the uh lego fest uh, what's it sorry not lego
1: i don't know what it's called music festival right anyway. yeah i don't know what it's called yeah Fine. oh do you know do you know that they, so, so this these are versions so obviously lego um minecraft uh lego fortnite um racing so rocket league mario kart and rock band mm-hmm. are all sort of in there at the moment they've said um that they uh, they hope to update the games that you can plug in your Rock Band controllers mm. uh, in the future as well. I mean, what was it like? So,
2: I mean, we might as well talk about this now rather than in the review section, I guess. Um, I played, uh, I, I, first of all, I played the, the Lego game, right? And it is Minecraft. Uh, and it's charming. And it's that loop of grind away build your village up you've got these villagers in I think it would be nice to play that with someone else uh, play that with teams of people I, I it's charming I may play it some more as well I like the way it's very configurable so you can turn off everything that might annoy you like the hunger uh, the you know you can make it entirely creator mode that kind of thing um, but if you've played Minecraft you will get it straight away. Um, I then played the harmonics game which again I forgot what it's called what does it say it's called in your new story? Mus- I music festival will tour yeah. it is like a cut down version of all of their games so it is four tracks with notes coming towards you um and you use four keys on the keyboard or this comes some pad implementation as well to just hit those notes uh, i played three songs i didn't understand the control system for the first like five bars and then suddenly got it straight away and still won, Simon. I was still the best in my Come team. On. Olivia That's Rodrigo's fun. "Vampire" was the first song. Uh, the second one was uh, Lady Gaga. I can't remember. actually, maybe there was only two songs, just those two. I won both of them, obviously. Um, very, very easy. Found it, and all of the sort of uh, integration with the music, the nice feeling of playing along, isn't really there. If you fail, it cuts out the track. If you succeed, it's there, but there isn't really. It feels genuinely a bit weird, but it feels like a harmonics game. It's basically satisfying, and it's impressive. It's there. It's probably enough for anyone who wants that kind of low key rhythm action kick. Um, you know, uh, to get that delivered to them for essentially free, right? With songs that are modern, more modern than Rock Band. Although Rock Band's still being updated, isn't it? Apparently so. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Um, as someone who loves that genre, I was slightly disappointed by it. Like you want harmonics to be able to run at something. This feels like them shoving them, get their games inside uh Unreal Edges of Fortnite, which I assume it is basically what it is. Then I played the racing game, right? And I'm not really a racing game fan or aficionado, love F0GX, but beyond that, I'm not. I you know, I've not played anything more recent, more modern than that, and I absolutely loved it thought it was great and full of impact and fast and it felt really fun and i was quite good at that as well although who knows if it's rigging that to hook me in more and i'm just playing against dumb bots i don't know i came third and second third i think in the races i played and then i realized that's i guess the difference there i know about one of those genres like the rhythm action genre and so i'm slightly disappointed by what i've been offered whereas the racing game i really don't know about and i'm like this is so cool and amazing and feels brilliant Um, so it's about my education as much as anything else both games get obviously seven out of ten i would say that's probably the win here right because most people it's good enough and that's great and it just feels i don't know it feels really impressive to be inside one game inside one engine and just go oh i'll play a bit of that and then be in this thing i've read some you know, takes on it saying this is the metaverse right, it's that Roblox like thing of just clicking from one experience to another and those experiences not having anything in common but all being universally part of the same universe um, and yeah, that's what it felt like to me 7 out of 10
1: 7 out of 10, good stuff
2: cool, alright um, that's all the news and a bit of reviews thanks Charles
3: One Life Left, video game news with me Charles bought
0: 1.1. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape,
2: You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show, but we are also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. You can find more information at hello.onelifeleft.com There are links there. Phil, our under-caretaker, writes the show notes, so thank you to him for having the patience to sort all this out. We wouldn't be a podcast without him. We'd only be a radio show, and, you know, maybe that would be enough.
1: Uh, we are also a forum to come on and talk about what you're doing, uh, the interesting stuff that's happening in the world. I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Smith, uh, who's um, who's come on to tell us about his latest project, which I adore, and I'm a personal backer of, Andrew. And not in the way, not in the way, genuinely, not in the way that sometimes you feel an obligation to back things that you sort of hope they fail, so it won't <laughs> cost you 20 quid. Uh, I genuinely want this to succeed.
0: Well, that's awfully nice of you. Um, thank you. Yeah, um, I, I, in the back end, so to speak, uh, you know, we see names popping up, and it's always very nice when uh, when when there's people you know. It's, it's Put lovely. my money where my mouth is, So tell us about Trash Goblin. Well, I mean, it's um, officially. I think at next year's Game Awards, we're going to get the award for best named game. Um, as long as you know, I actually meet Jeff Keighley between now and then. Um, it's uh, it's a cozy shopkeeping game. Uh, you play as a goblin, the titular trash goblin, and you're kind of in a little workshop underneath an antique store in a, in a fantasy city, and you essentially chip away at dirt that's encrusted on little trinkets, bits and bobs, uh, and you clean it up and sell it on to customers, uh, and hopefully uh, upcycle it and repair them and just make people's day, basically. Lizard people, rock people, people people, the whole lot.
1: <laughs> it's um i so i first saw it uh maybe a year and a half ago was mm. was it that mm. long ago i mean what is it time was. anymore um and i always liked how uh well first of all the setting is glorious the art itself uh, um the way that it's represented is beautiful the game uh feels like a game you can sort of grab hold of like super tactile um yeah always i've been a fan of it since you first showed me um it's a mix of um, to sort of world building, puzzle solving, um, and um, economy. Right? Is, is is that the best way of describing it? All is that these yeah, people um, yeah. people come up to your window, they offer you stuff, you clear it up. Talk us through sort of how the idea came to be.
0: So, winding the clock back, probably a decade. Um, as as a designer, I'd always thought there was a, an interesting sort of overlap between. Uh, Picross or nonogram puzzles, those sort of grid-based number games where you're sort of essentially, you know, toggling squares on and off to reveal a, a pixelated image of something. So I thought I, I was always a fan of that. And then I thought, well, you know, wouldn't archaeology chipping away around an object be a, a natural kind of um, overlap? And and it yeah, you know, n- n- never went anywhere other than my brain. And then we uh, we were building a, a couple of games in this sort of fantasy universe more recently than that probably since covid really started uh we we did some vr prototyping and various bits and bobs and then the third piece of the puzzle was a uh, we, we run a lot of student briefs with universities around the country and always looking for something that's very very small very durable to a high quality level we thought well this picross idea with the with the archaeology i thought yeah let's let's just throw that to, to a team and they did an amazing job of doing literally that they, they made a, a little little series of puzzles and you're you're an archaeologist in training etc cetera, etc cetera. and then it, it went so well that we hired two of them and saw a bit of an opportunity around the world that we'd built for this fantasy world um because it had always been something that like the history of it the authenticity of it the like you say sort of reaching in and being able to touch this world was really important to us as as was building a first game in it that was quite a tight scope Um, it's a bit dull isn't it to talk about scope but that's the reality of it we wanted we're a small team we wanted to ship something to a high quality um and and have it be i don't know the idea that the world comes to you so we're, we're not trying to build a world for you to go around the world comes to you in the form of the customers and the objects and it just felt like a really interesting way of kind of introducing people to somewhere that we really cared about and that we thought they'd want to spend a lot of time
1: talk us through um the reasons for doing kickstarter
0: well, well. Okay. Go on. Yeah, go, go on. on. <laughs> well, well. We, we get
1: in we, there. Name we them. It. Name, Name all them. The,
0: all of the publishers. Uh, yeah. all, we'll be here for a while. No. So, well, the the. Yeah, we we pitched the game over the course of about twelve months. I think we worked on it for about six months on and off, and then started pitching it and carried on working on it. And yeah, we, I think we probably pitched a 70, 76, I believe is the title of the Reddit post that you might be uh, uh, fishing for a few morsels <laughs> from. But uh, how, how many of them? Uh, so I was just one of them, wasn't I? You were just one of them. Yes. Just one we of didn't them count either. you twice. Uh, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, I, I mean, hey, like um, initially. We were getting, you know, some interest and some no's, and that's fine. And it was just a mix of stuff. But ultimately it came down to two things that the reason that we didn't land a publishing deal. Usually, it was budget, and you can't really argue with it. Um, another one was the timing. So you know we're going to be finished around about this time, and it's like, well, we're busy, then we've got too many games, whatever. It's all very understandable. And then the, the one that sort of made us think, well, hang on, maybe we could do something, is publishers who weren't sure that either there was a market or that they were able to find the market. And we thought there was. We we thought that there was a market demonstrably. You look at games like. Um, at one end, obviously, Power Wash Simulator did incredibly well, but a very, you know, a, a mundane activity made incredibly Moorish. Um, that's the sort of thing we were sort of aiming for. Uh, but even games like um, uh, Strange Horticulture and Potion Craft and Potionomics, you know, lots of little, cute, little, cozy games about running a shop. Um, and we thought, well, we, we've, we've got an overlap here. And then the art was blowing people away consistently, no matter, no matter what the no was, the, the art was blowing people away. So we were like, well, we, th- we know there's an audience for those games. We feel like this has got a twist, so maybe we just find the audience, and that's what the Kickstarter is about. It's it's partly that and partly the money. Honestly, you know, we we do a lot of client work and, and make things. We figure it out somehow, but uh, combining the two, an opportunity to build, you know, a really excited community around the game, also react to that community. So we've got a demo demo out on Steam that uh, exclusively I can announce. Uh, we're going to be updating because we've had some great feedback, and we're like, well, we great. can we can tweak some stuff. So why not? Um,
1: yeah. There's an element, I guess, of sort of wanting to prove all those publishers wrong as well. Is there?
0: It's that—that's the the real reason you've cut because, the of
1: <laughs> <it. Yep. laughs> Well, because the, like so, the irony be so the the irony may well be that you enjoy some success on Kickstarter and all the publishers will come sniffing around you again, um, and, well, at which point you can just <laughs> you know cock a snook at them, as my old headmaster used to say, <laughs>
0: cocking my a snook, snook at the rules. Are your dogs barking? It's... Um... <laughs> It's well so this was this was actually part of the so we'd already decided so plan B was always Kickstarter, right? Because we were like, what what if, right? What if? Um so plan B became plan A. And when we announced the game, which was a crucial part of building up to the Kickstarter, you know, getting the, the Steam page, the wish list, etc., that went really well. And we had a few publishers, some of which we'd spoken to, and some of which we actually hadn't come to us at that point. And we were like, well, aha, ah, now we're talking, right? Like, like this should happen again. But also whether or not Depending on how successful it is and, and the right partner, it's all it's all very much sort of uh, uh, led led by hopefully cool heads and sensibility. But um, yeah, it would be nice to sort of just blow a big fat raspberry. Yeah. Everyone,
1: <laughs> yeah. give them a worse yeah. deal than they would have got. Yeah, um, it's tricky though, isn't it? Because. Um, you know, I, Kickstarter is is a great platform. Steve and I have been through it personally previously. You know, I famously launched the uh, the Star Citizen Kickstarter page for a fact, th- which I charged a thousand pounds for. Um, uh, yeah, I know, King King of business, me. Um, okay. But it's not. Um, it's not a validation of an idea it's a test of your of your own sort of reach right and the community that builds around you which is why you've had you know big game developers do very well on kickstarter through ideas mm. that haven't been particularly groundbreaking on the other hand you've had some really good ideas that didn't succeed on kickstarter you know i um back in a previous job uh, i was talking to the guys making hello neighbor and that was a kickstarter that failed uh, in inverted commas and yet went on to become you know a huge game the year that came out and spun other cross media stuff, um, but it was just the fact that no one knew who this studio mm. was. Uh, another game I worked with Harold Hallibur, that was a that was a failed Kickstarter initially, and that's going to do brilliantly when it comes out next year um, on Game Pass. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it's 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 just important I think to recognise that it, that that succeeding or failing on on Kickstarter isn't down to the success or not of the game. It's just it yes. is just about reach. But you do seem to be doing quite well so far.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it seems to be good. We're 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 ticking all the boxes that you're supposed to at this point. So I think yesterday we broke a quarter funded, um, which is which is amazing. Um, and yeah, there's you know they always say there's a, a rush at the beginning, a rush at the end, and it's kind of flat in the middle. Um, but we're really really pleased, and and importantly, a lot of the feedback. You know, a lot of people are coming to the Discord and leaving comments on the Steam forums and, and all that good stuff. Um, and and honestly, a lot of that was was. You know the exposure that we got was was through the wholesome snack. Uh, they run a, a stream as part of the whole broader Game Awards sort of season, um, and and you know they're, they're running like a little event on Steam as well. So uh, we're part of that, and the demos getting a lot more players than we would have normally, and then that hopefully results in people becoming aware of the Kickstarter. But uh, do you yeah. read the feedback yourself?
2: Um, or do you have someone to
0: filter that? <laughs> um, I read it myself mm. at the moment. We're small enough that I do that. Um, and um, I've been doing that for a very long time. In fact, I remember there was a, re- a review. You're not supposed to answer the reviews, right, on <laughs> Steam. And back in the days of Tango Fiesta, um, someone someone wrote a review that I just thought was just so, I don't know, missing the point. It was. I was just like, it just seems like, all of these things, you just you haven't, you know. We, we've done a bad job of communicating, whatever. But I responded to it, and there was a bit of a back and forth. And it turns out they were like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I left that. I was actually quite drunk." Uh, and then they turned their negative view into a positive because I'd helped them. Uh, I don't know, or something, you know? Yeah, weird, right? So that's a really how dare you. <laughs>
1: You're not allowed to do that. No, Um, I. I I, listen. I. So there there have been. There's been a a bit of backlash against Bethesda on uh, responding to the Starfield Mm. Steam reviews. I think. Communicating with your audience, and particularly those that have paid money for your titles, is really important. There is nothing wrong with responding to reviews at all. There can be something wrong in the way that you do it. Yeah, it's very difficult to what. (laughs) Well, so so as as a concept, as a concept, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's difficult to argue with anything subjective, right? Mm. So you stay away from that. I'm sorry you find it boring, (laughs) uh, but actually it isn't boring. Uh, Is the wrong way of going around it. (laughs) Um, but you know if people are having technical issues that you can help with or perhaps they've they've misunderstood through whoever's fault um you know some some features or some options that again responding to that is perfectly fine so um you know in that in in that sense andrew you were you were well within your rights to do so
0: i i mean i just assume everyone's drunk when they're writing it now so you know because what you should
1: do what you should do is get drunk and then respond and go (laughs) f you yeah I'm a particular fan of
2: of of developer responses to Steam reviews. Like I, I curate my own screen captured selection, particularly ones that always begin to they always begin with, "Thanks for your feedback." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> take a breath. Now let's get into it. I, I love it. Um, yep. So you you did nothing wrong, and you you turned you know you turned lead into hey. gold. You switched them. Well done. Right.
0: I'm a little review goblin. You're an alchemist. Little review goblin. <laughs>
2: good so um when's it out when's it done
0: well uh we're aiming for early access on pc steam sort of summer next year is what we're we're saying at the moment that will sort of you know bend and flex depending on on what happens between now and then and then that if we hit that i think we're talking about like the full release the next year some point you know but we're not we're not going to pick a date yet but uh but yeah it's exciting We're, we're trundling away enjoying it and and yeah riding the wave
2: where can people find out more how can they access the Kickstarter?
0: Well, they can search for Trash Goblin Kickstarter is genuinely the simplest way. Um, or you could just, uh, yeah, find it on Steam the same way Trash Goblin Steam will we'll find uh, will find the page and all the news and everything. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear what people think of it. Fabulous. All right, we've got to get on with it. Uh, it's time for the letters or letter.
2: Is it or is the theme broken? Is it? Is broken? It's all right. Let's do it without the theme. We've not got time for the theme.
1: Thank you for your letters this week. Uh, here's one from the Discord, uh, from uh, Simon S, who wrote, Hi team and SSG, this is week one of me trying to send you a letter every week. First, I'd like to say uh, what I think the dogs are barking means. Is it people have a verbal fight? Wait, let's see if Andrew knows.
0: The dogs are barking. If I said heard- to you,
2: wait, let's contextualize mm. this. Okay. If I if I um if I just came up to you and went, Oh, Andrew, the dogs are barking. What would you think I meant?
0: For some reason, what leaps into my brain is it's something to do with your feet being sore. Oh!
2: There we go. There oh. we go. That's oh, exactly what it means. Exactly Wonderful. what it means. But no one else seems to know that. Fabulous.
1: Huh. Anyway, continue, son. Uh, so you, uh, no, it was the answer to Simon S. It means you've got, that you've got uh, achy feet. Secondly, I've just been putting my games into steam from the jingle jam. I noticed one done that I have 477 games on steam, which I think I've played 20. I have steam sales. Uh, I just wondered how many games you have on steam and how many you've actually played or even completed. Thank you. Uh, that's from raging bracket Simon S. It's a tough question, isn't it? So can we all open our steam libraries? I, mean, uh, I think uncategorized. Okay, oh, I'm right. opening.
2: Is okay. there a way of seeing how many, how many there uh, are? So
1: in your tags at the top, so I've got uh, FPS, I've got IGF, I've got installed, I've got two deck, which I should have. Oh, up, uh, I can see. I
2: can see. I can see games. Games. 1,677.
1: Oh, yeah. Ooh, I tell you what, if we were playing... Video games top trumps. Who would be Death Star brackets weight here? <laughs> um, so uh, I, uh, Andrew, how many have you got?
0: I've got uh, around about four hundred. I've got too many categories. Um, uh, so right at the top,
1: you can just click on games.
0: Oh, I can't. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm yeah, reading a complete right a at the complete. top. Right at the top, I'm in a different view. Okay, just
1: in library on the steam.
0: One one 5, five seven. There we go. In 5, in the little 7. drop down. One thousand okay, one yeah,
1: cool. hundred fifty seven. One thousand seven hundred and thirteen oh. for me. Oh, come on, right. Let's let's go next. Soundtracks.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> soundtracks. Okay. I don't. I mean. I assume I've never knowingly got
1: a soundboard. No, exactly. So. What are they doing there? How do you play them? Twenty six. Oh. And hundred and
0: 100, forty four.
1: Look at you treating – do you think that Steam is iTunes? I've got 50, so you so you win that. You In win the same that. way to
0: iTunes, I have never listened to exactly. any music yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. So, yeah, yeah. Software. Ooh. You
2: go first, Simon.
1: Okay, I've got 14 softwares. Eight. Four. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Finally, then to your to level, how many tools have you got, and what do they mean? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's
2: unchecked. I don't know what happens it, if I check it. Uh, yeah,
1: uh, I guess it would show them. What is a tool? I, don't I mean, know. Obviously maybe oh, I'm there's, there's, just going
2: to check that and uncheck everything else. Uh, I've got yeah. 140.
1: although – Oh, Steve you win the. T- oh no, 191 for me.
2: When oh. I, when unchecking it, it says nothing matches this filter. So. I mean, right
1: you've got oh yeah you know because the number of times i've used football manager 2015 editor (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: look at all that stuff a lot
0: of dedicated servers going on
1: a lot of dedicated and sdks look at that fantastic uh right let me
2: see.
0: wait andrew how
1: much
2: how many did you have
0: 152 so between the two yeah
1: Okay. Cool. Uh, let me see if we had any letters. In we did. The, I've got. Uh, we I've did. Got yes.
2: One. Got it. Uh, go uh, I've lost it again. No. Here we go. Uh, this is from Marcio. Uh, it Says, "Dear One Life Left, I've been listening to your radio show on podcast intermittently since around 2008. Ten months ago, I became a father of a baby daughter. The same year in which the constantly delayed and time sucking Tears of the Kingdom was released. Since my job is not related to video game." video games and work regular uh, working hours before coming home and attend to my daughter and wife's needs before they go to bed much at the same time as I fall asleep exhausted from the day's activities I was wondering with your experience how much your life changed since becoming full time dads if you have any tips or recommendations on how to manage your hobbies while attending to the responsibilities of being a full time working dad love your show best wishes Marcio all the way from Angola
1: thank you for listening Marcio thank you so much uh, yeah, having a um, a gaming device that you can turn on and turn off uh, instantly is a huge help. So the Switch with Tears of the Kingdom, I mean, you know, arguably a decent way to play it. Although, you know, given that you'd never finish Tears of the Kingdom, even if you do spend hours and hours every day playing it, I think this is, you need to accept that you probably won't finish it like this. But yeah, just turning it on for five minutes here and there, pottering around. Mm. Um, certainly when they're very young and they, and they nap a lot, being able to play... Uh, nearby or with them in your arms, uh, ideally holding up um, a controller or a handheld can work very well. Otherwise, it's just a case of getting them to bed as early as you can, for as long as you can, and then immediately firing up Cyberpunk.
2: <laughs> Simon's ahead of the curve uh, on this. You know, his daughter is a year older than uh, mine, and and he has a son who's now a teenager. Uh, but he did he did use that. Uh, You know, the benefit of hindsight, the benefit of everything he's been through to set me up for this, Uh, literally uh, in the weeks approaching uh, the delivery of my daughter, Simon said, bit of advice for you, (laughs) get XCOM on your phone. (laughs) (laughs) There's a deal on the Play Store right now um so yeah that's what i did uh, simon's completely right of course uh you know handheld devices are the way to go
0: if i, I don't have a child as as a, as someone who's kind of interested in these answers would you say that a game that is quite replayable quite deep and yet playable with one hand or whatever is 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 a good thing like the the sort of be mental- very careful
1: very careful Andrew because there are a lot of those games on the front page of Steam I see
0: <laughs> well North that's world. entirely down to your, your cookies say. I would have thought but,
1: it's not uh,
2: actually it's not... We've, 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 established we've been this. through this oh, exactly okay. we've, times
0: we've litigated okay fair enough
2: in, um, fact, in fact in fact Andrew if we had downloaded those games they wouldn't be
1: showing they would not wouldn't be showing on new and trending actually so yeah. we've caught you out there that's so why you don't see them uh, we've got oh, you there, no, we've got you busted, there. Busted. and it's surprising I'm not surprised you don't have children because there's none of it left inside you by the sound of
2: it Thank you so much uh, for your letters this week, everybody. Uh, You can write to us over the Christmas break by emailing...
1: team at onelifeleft.com And can I say, I did drop somebody who corresponded um, with us last week a little Discord message to say, hey, thanks for the... Thanks for the letter. Do you want some game codes? And they've not answered me. <laughs> and, they, and they aren't even my own games. These are, these are spares from a humble bundle. So uh,
2: if you want to engage in that kind of dialogue with us, you can join our Discord. The link to that is in the show notes, which you can find at hello.onelifeleft.com.
1: And if you get any messages from Andrew Smith, don't respond to them, because he'll probably <laughs> trying to rope you into some, some of the games he plays.
2: It's time for the reviews. So, uh, I already talked about what I was playing earlier in the show. Uh, I've been playing, uh, you know, Lego Minecraft, as it is. I've been playing the other games on the Epic Games Store that come through Fortnite. It's all really, really impressive. Um, But I also played something else, which is completely distinct. I played a Highland song.
1: Oh, it's good, isn't it? Have you played it? I have played it, yeah. I'm not going to talk about it today, but I have played it.
2: Okay. Uh, So this is from friends of the show, uh, Inkle, and uh, I'm really, really excited by it. It follows that it's a platformer, a rhythm action platform you might call it, exploratory. Uh, Like all of Inkle's stuff, it does some very, very clever stuff, though, as well, Um, and it's also a really strong narrative. You play a, I think, 15-year-old girl who decides to go to the sea uh, from her home in the Highlands obviously has a very protective mother and ends up climbing up hills in a slightly precarious and dangerous fashion while reflecting on her life and the things she finds around her. Um, It's really really smartly made um, and the way it tells the story as you're exploring uh, is really really impressive. Also impressive is the way it shows you this kind of vista which is made in in parallax of 2D mountains that you explore uh, and then you sort of move between them by finding roots between those slices of the mountain hillscape. Um, and you do that by climbing up to the best vantage point and comparing what you're seeing on the horizon with notes you found uh, littered around the hillside. It's a very, very, very clever mechanic. Um, I find sometimes being lost and being afraid that you're making the wrong choices under the time pressure of having to be somewhere in five days, I finding that quite challenging uh, emotionally and in gameplay sense as well. But I have a feeling, knowing Inkle, that's part of the game. And mm. actually, the beauty of this is in replayability as much as anything else. I want to. I'm I'm, a, I'm the sort of player who wants to see everything. And I do not believe that's possible. And so that tension is, uh, is challenging me at the moment. But I'm really excited to go back to it. I think it's great. 7 out of 10. Music's good
1: as well, isn't it? I really, really like the music. I'm a big fan of that style. Uh, I've been playing a couple of games this week. I've been playing uh, Shadow Gambit, The Cursed Crew, uh, which was Mimi's final game. They're the studio behind um, Shadow Tactics and... uh, Commandos. Um, this is a, a swashbuckling tale of ghost ships and uh, the undead. Um, it's a, a stealth um, game uh, with uh, almost immersive sim feeling to it. Um, lots of different ways of approaching each of the uh, sort of uh, self contained uh, islands puzzles that you have, um, some of which you revisit. Um, lots of fun, looks beautiful, very, very, very clever um and actually much more free fo- free form than the previous uh two games sorry uh desperados uh not Commanders. um hugely enjoyable uh just been updated with some dlc so i can recommend that seven out of ten and then i have also been playing a game called born of bread uh which took my interest on steam when i saw it it's um it's it's, it's Paper Mario, made by a different studio. Uh, it's a similar style. 2D characters over a 3D world um, with the same sort of rhythm action, turn-based combat that uh, Paper Mario introduced. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it's funny. Uh, you play a boy made of bread um, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, as silly and as fun as that sounds. I uh, really do recommend checking it out. It's just an absolute joy to play and look at 7 out of 10. Andrew?
0: Well, I'm I've, I've still playing Baldur's Gate 3, because uh, there's four of us playing it, and we're insisting that we play it together at all times. Um, I mean, it's it's incredible, it's expansive, it's kind of mind-boggling. I've only just got to Baldur's Gate, the city, which is sort of the start of Chapter 3, um, and so far it has, it has completely sort of blown us away. As a player, I'm just thrilled by it. Um, and all of the opportunities and the way it reacts to you. And as a developer, I'm, I'm kind of um, shocked into <laughs> sort of, I just don't know how they do it. I, 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 and I, and I, my brain won't engage with trying to figure it out because just, I'll just get sad. Um, it's, <laughs> it's incredible, absolutely amazing. Um, strong seven out of 10, that one. Um, and I'm stuck on the very last level of Super Mario Wonder, uh, the very, very last level. Mm. Um, Same. I was lucky, lucky enough to go to Japan a couple of weeks ago and I was like I will complete Wonder in in japan like near where it was made etc i went to kyoto <laughs> and i finished everything and then it went aha because you finished everything here's an extra special level and i'm yes i'm dreading it uh but it's it's taking me back to being a child and not being able to switch my console off because uh, i'm stuck in like the back half of the level and i don't want to reset because it's also difficult and uh, i'm running out of lives 23 left um but yeah it's brilliant uh seven out of ten
1: fantastic that's it that's it, doesn't it? At the end of the show. Uh, Andrew, where can people follow you back, uh, Trash Goblin? Keep uh, up to date.
0: TrashGoblinGame.com. Head there. You've got the, the mailing list, the Kickstarter, the Steam page, the Discord. It's all, it's all going.
2: And that's the Good end stuff. of the show and the season as well. And the end oh, of the year for us as well.
1: Feet up a clock now, Steve, isn't it? I mean, if only. We are recording this during lunchtime on a Monday and we've got our day jobs to go back to. But let's, let's pretend for a moment that that's it, holiday season.
2: Uh, we do. Uh, thank you so much to Resonance FM for all your support uh, this year. You've been uh, brilliant. Thanks also uh, to the Yog's Network for having us on their podcast. It's been a brilliant, brilliant year. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. But also super, super excited about next year. And thank you to all of you for listening as well. Happy
1: Christmas. Indeed. Have a good one. We'll see you bright and breezy in early January. But until then... Goodbye! Goodbye! Goodbye. Goodbye.